Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work there at that site, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. De Palma is the film I'm going to be reviewing today. It's a documentary movie. It's an R-rated film because it features clips from director Brian De Palma's movies, which contain violent images, graphic nudity, sexual content, and some language. It runs an hour and 47 minutes as a documentary. Brian De Palma is really the only live person that we see in front of the screen, though there are, as I mentioned, those clips from his other films. I won't count those. The directors are Noah Baumbach and Jake Paltrow. Those names should be familiar to some of you who've been film fans for movies in more recent years. For a director who, at various points of his career, wanted to be the modern-day equivalent of Alfred Hitchcock, perhaps it is fitting that Brian De Palma would also get interviewed about all of his works in his filmography in sequence, no less. Hitchcock had been interviewed over the course of several days in the 60s by auteur, Francois Truffaut for his landmark film book called Hitchcock slash Truffaut, which was recently made into its own documentary, and you can hear my review of that if you check through some of the older film reviews on my podcast, or you can even just read about it on my website here. Current auteurs, I guess of a sort, Noah Baumbach and Jake Paltrow, they've done something similar with their first attempt at a documentary, De Palma, in which the septuagenarian director goes over all 28 of his movies, about five decades worth of material here, and discusses each of them for a few minutes at a time. Baumbach and Paltrow, as directors, they cover little ground on their own when it comes to the influence of Brian De Palma, interestingly. But De Palma may not have influenced many things about Baumbach and Paltrow, but he has had quite a bit of influence over other notable filmmakers. I guess the most well-known would be Quentin Tarantino, who utilized De Palma's trademark long tracking shots and his split-screen techniques on a number of his own films. They wanted to capture a lot of the anecdotes that he would give at the dinner table with them and make sure that Because if they found it interesting, they thought other people would find it interesting, too. So they had him sit down for about a week to talk about all of his movies. He offers up here for us many tidbits about the making of each one. He gives us a lot of historical observations, a lot of choice trivia, some rarely heard anecdotes, and plenty of philosophizing on the nature of what it meant to him to be a director who's lasted in the business for so long. As a film, De Palma is strictly a documentary about Brian De Palma in his own words. No other people are interviewed. The interviewers' voices, neither Bombac nor Paltrow, are heard. All you see and hear is Brian De Palma on the screen, either front and center, or his voice while clips of each movie play out under them, or some old photographs or newspaper articles that give us a glimpse into the public and private life that De Palma experienced at the time. There are a few nods here and there to De Palma's personal life. We start with his upbringing in a household in which his father was gone a good deal of the time. They didn't really see eye to eye anyway, and... There is some discussion as to his father's infidelity as well and his and his relationships with his brothers and some of his failed marriages do come up as well. But in the end, De Palma cites film as his sole true love. That's why his marriages don't really work out. De Palma as a movie is more interested in how Brian De Palma's movies were made, their influences, and how the director perceives their successes, whether commercially or artistically, especially in how and why he had to compromise his vision from time to time while working in the studio system through most of his life. At this point in Brian De Palma's career, and with nothing to lose, 
he speaks with great candor about himself and his work. He admits to many mistakes without overly touting his successes, and that makes him a pretty likable figure to follow, even if it's in a one-sided conversation. Some of his movies have divided film critics as to his auteurship because of his lifting of many techniques from other directors. It's interesting that the first shot of De Palma is not of any of his own films, but actually Vertigo by the man who continues to overshadow him in the minds of many film historians, Alfred Hitchcock. A lot of film critics have also derided De Palma over the years for his perceived misogyny and his gratuitous violence in his movies. Interesting that all of these things, whether it comes from copycatting other directors or misogyny or violence, is something that continues to dog self-described De Palma disciple Quentin Tarantino to this day. So obviously there's a lot of kinship there for him too. Despite not being in the limelight for some time, Brian De Palma has continued to pursue making movies. Most since 2000's Mission to Mars have been done outside of the United States studio system. And much of it is continuing on things and themes that brought him attention in his heyday in the 1970s and 1980s. He regurgitates a lot of that stuff, just like Alfred Hitchcock did over his career, honestly. De Palma contends that with few exceptions, most directors' best works come when they made their films in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. He even cites his idol Hitchcock as an example of somebody whose best work was during a certain period. It took a long time before a lot of those film critics came around on whether he was a great filmmaker or not. And De Palma, I think, suggests that perhaps a lot of his films have been reevaluated over the years as well. In this way, De Palma has indeed followed in Alfred Hitchcock's footsteps in nearly every regard because his best work was during his 30s through his 50s and a lot of it is considered classic material now. Scarface, The Untouchables, Dress to Kill. Interestingly, Dress to Kill, Brian De Palma was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Director of that year, even though most people consider that one of his best directed films. Although De Palma's career is still considered a mixed bag among many people, I mean, such things as Bonfire of the Vanities are still considered bombs, uh, Mission to Mars, and things like that, but it's still just as interesting to hear about Brian De Palma's colossal failures from his mouth as it is his triumphant successes. De Palma, as a documentary, is mainly for film buffs, needless to say. More specifically, those viewers who are familiar with Brian De Palma's body of work that they won't care that many of the clips that are shown offer major spoilers on the movies that they come from. So, in other words, I don't think that De Palma's recommended to watch if you haven't seen at least De Palma's most notable works. If you haven't seen Untouchables or Dressed to Kill or Sisters or Body Double or even Mission Impossible, I guess, is his most successful work. I don't think that you should go into this movie without seeing at least those more acclaimed works carry as well. This does offer you the very end of the film that was very notable at the time. So dig into those De Palma films, those classics, before you get into this documentary. It will definitely ruin those movies for you in some form or fashion. For those viewers who, like me, have seen their fair share of De Palma's works, this production is about as interesting and informative as we're likely ever going to get on this virtuoso filmmaker's work. And it will likely, at the end of it, make you want to dive into his best films with renewed gusto and fervor 
After hearing about his commitment to thoughtfully realized filmmaking, I'm giving De Palma three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that it is a good film worth checking out if you're a fan of Brian De Palma, if you're a fan of cinema from the 70s and the 80s especially, you know a lot of his best works and you want to get some insight as to the filmmaking process, not only of him, but also of the Hollywood system and you get a lot of really good anecdotal tidbits as well. I do think that this is a very fascinating film for film buffs like me and hopefully you. Obviously, if you're listening to my podcast, you're probably a film buff too. So if you happen to be lucky enough to have it playing in your town, it's definitely one that I think is worth checking out. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, click the subscribe button and also leave a review if you can. If you end up going to see De Palma as a film, or if you just want to let me know what you think is Brian De Palma's best film, you can discuss it with me. I'm a big fan of his work generally, and even his bad ones I find kind of interesting. So you can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. Go to quipster.net for all of the details. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. 